Hebrews 13, 8, one verse for our reading. Bible declares and says, Jesus Christ, I'm reading from the ESV, is the same yesterday and today, watch this, and forever. And in fact, I think that that's so powerful and I could actually close the Bible there and be done with it. But I think we should read it congregationally and emphatically. And so repeat after me. We say, Jesus Christ is the same when yesterday and today and forever. Let's go ahead and let's bow our heads in prayer. We just thank you so much, God, for your power. We thank you for your movement in our midst today. Lord God, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, and so we make no apology for worshiping you because you've been good to us, better than we've been to ourselves, better than people have been to us on their good days. And so we thank you, Jesus. And so, Lord, we ask that even through the preaching of this word that lives would be impacted, open hearts, open minds, Beat back the plans and the powers of darkness. Every spirit of distracting and distraction. Every spiritual force of wickedness that would come to overthrow or attack this word. Or block the hearer from hearing it and living out. Beat it back. Let your spirit move powerfully. Not just here, but God, wherever your gospel is being preached around this city. Lord, we are not in competition with any other churches in this city. But we are their co-laborers. And so we pray you bless them as you are blessing us here. And we pray this also around the world for the churches, Lord God, that we're connected with, that we cover. Let your power be demonstrated and please be glorified in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Come on, one more time. Put those hands together. Give God a big praise. Come on, come on, come on. See, we're going to get good, good, good at this. And on your way to your seat, look at somebody. Tell them God does messy miracles. Come on, look down your neighborhood with your mask on. Tell them God does messy miracles. I love it. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to shout out to our online campus hosts on today, uh, Linda and Charlene, who are uh, doing such a great job. I love that our dream team is no longer it, just in the house uh, but the remix, because of the remix, we're in person and online. We have people who are serving faithfully each and every single week. Come on. Can we put our hands together and celebrate our dream team in the house and online? Glory to God. And so here we are. Here we are continuing our Messy Miracles series. And we've been looking for the past few weeks. The first week, uh, we were. I was challenging you around and preached a message called A Hot Mess. Somebody say, A Hot Mess. And I was challenging you around this. And then this past Sunday, preached a message in, entitled Messy Hair. Messy Hair. Everybody say Messy Hair. Around the, the story of Samson. And today, I want to cover some, uh, some I want to cover a few passages uh, wherein uh, it is my goal to call us to put our trust and our faith in the God who is the same yesterday, today. And absolutely forever because it is him who gives us uh, it is he who uh, not only does the miraculous in our lives and the supernatural in our lives but it is with the purpose of us being pointed 
himself. Come on, somebody. And when miracles happen, the supernatural is not meant to distract us from God or to point us to a person. But the, a desire of the supernatural and God's uh, working the supernatural in our lives or being present in our lives and our situations is with the purpose of pointing us to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Anybody with me on this morning? And so God's presence and his power in our lives is with this purpose. And I love this passage uh, in Hebrews 13, verse 8, because it is a passage that is theologically potent. It's Christologically potent. Theology is uh, to break it down who God is and how he relates to mankind. Christology is who Christ is, who Jesus Christ is. And it tells the truth about him and how it is that he relates to us. And I love this because let's break down this verse and then I'm going to jump into some things that I believe will be impactful. Uh, I just, I want you to, if you're note taken, grab something and, you know, begin to write. I'm going to be sharing a number of things, not in necessarily in a format, in a point sort of format. So grab what you can, uh, grab a party bag and just get as many favors and things that you can uh, as long as we go. So Jesus Christ, he says, is the same yesterday, today. And forever, and I love this because he starts this passage. Uh, it, it talks about the eternality of Jesus Christ. Everybody say the eternality. He is. He is forever, uh, and this then establishes the Christological truth that Jesus is God. Somebody say he is God. Okay, put some caffeine in that voice, y'all, and stay awake and online. Uh, I want you to put he is God. Somebody say he is God. There we go. Jesus is God. As we know in John chapter 1 verse 1 and onward makes it clear. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And all things were created through him. And then later down in the chapter in that passage we see that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so Jesus is the only part of God who put on flesh and came down to the earth, and we know ultimately as we look to scripture to save us from sin. So watch this, I'll break, there is Jesus, in Jesus Christ, there is divinity. But not only this, he goes on and he says, Jesus Christ is the same. Everybody say, the same. The same, the same. In other words, not only is he God, but he also is consistent. Uh, somebody say, God is consistent. This is why words like this and truths like this are what birth out, you know, great is thy faithfulness. Because we serve a faithful God. Somebody say a faithful God. But then not only this, just look at the text. If you can milk this one passage, he not only is the same, but he is the same yesterday. And so this, this lets us know, watch this, not only is he consistent, not only is he divine, uh, but he is historic. Come on, somebody. Uh, there is historicity in Christ. Uh, we know that Jesus did not come into existence at his incarnation. If I can just teach for a moment, but he was in existence at the beginning. Prior to him coming, being born of a virgin, putting on flesh, uh, he, he was spirit prior to coming into the earth and even receiving the name Jesus. He was known as the word. Everybody say the word. word. And so he comes in and it's Yahweh is salvation is what his name means or not Yahweh or Yahweh rescues as he came. God put on flesh. 
The word put on flesh, as John 1.14 lets us know, became, became in this position uh, through, through birth, virgin birth, miraculously, and saves mankind. So there's historicity that is attached to Jesus yesterday. And then he says, and today. Everybody say, and today. Good, and today. So that lets us know not only is the divine, consistent, historic, but the fact that he's uh, the same today means that he's relevant. Oh my. So I'm so excited that uh, there's no expiry date on Jesus. This is why I praise him the same way today, come on, that I did when I got saved over 16 years ago and started pastoring. The fact is, because he's the same today. This is why we're still lifting high Yahweh uh, all of these thousands of years later the same way and trusting him the same way that Father Abraham did in the book of Genesis. Because he is relevant in every single generation. He says the same yesterday, today, and watch this, uh, and forever. So this is why we worship him. This is why, watch this, David can prophesy and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise will continuously. No, no, notice he doesn't say it will conditionally be in my mouth. He says it will continuously. Why? Because not only is God divine, consistent, historic, and relevant, but he's also reliable. And consequently, watch this, uh, because of all of them, I have, therefore, security. Somebody say security. There is security. That's why I tell you, I don't know what's going to happen in 2021. But all I know is the same God that was with Abraham, the same God that was with Moses, the same God that was with my grandmama, the same God that's with my 85-year-old dad is the same, hey, glory, is the same God that's with me on today. And guess where? He's going to be tomorrow. He's going to be with Gabriel and Noah and Claire, my kids, in the generations after. And so I can put trust in him because there is security in my God. Somebody that knows that there's security in your God. You ought to put those hands together. Let's take a praise break and give him glory. And our online campus. So to break it down, I'll break it down for you like this. There is divinity, consistency, historicity, relevancy, reliability, and security in our God. And so this powerful stuff, I want you to grab this because these things and these truths ought to be at the base or at the substratum of our faith as we are moving forward. This is why we trust him. Come on, somebody. And this is why we, from generation to generation, will declare his goodness and his mercy. And we believe by faith that our children and our children's children, and we declare it in Jesus' name, uh, that this will be the case. They will declare and have the same witness and testimony of their own. If you believe it and you receive that, say, I receive that right there. Come on. And so watch this. With this in mind, uh, I love this because God has a powerful track record. We look at his power as it pertains to fire. We looked at his power and his track record uh, of being able to do miraculous things in the midst of our weakness. Uh, but this week, I want to look at God's track record regarding water. And so if I was to title, if I was to title uh, part three here of our Messy Miracles series, I would call it a wet mess. Come on, somebody. 
And so look, God, this is powerful because if we look uh, throughout scripture, we see that God, that God is, uh, that God has a powerful track record as it pertains to water. In fact, he establishes his supremacy over and his uh, inability to be limited by the waters. Passage in Isaiah 43 that we were looking at, uh, that we started, and we've been declaring this over our house where Jesus uh, tells, we believe God shows up through the prophet Isaiah and declares to the children of Israel in their time of mess. He says to them while they're in bondage, they're in bondage in Babylon. He says to them, uh, forget the former things. And he says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Remember? And he says, I'm making ways in the wild. You're going to keep me hearing, keep hearing me say this like a broken record. Ways in the wild and streams in the desert. And he says this to them in a time of mediocrity, in a time where they are tripping, where they are in bondage because of their sin. And in that same passage, he establishes and says, thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea. In verse 16 of Isaiah 43, he says, who makes a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. He even makes reference to how in times past, talking about the historicity of God and his consistency and his, the fact that he has power over water. Somebody say water. He reminds us, this is powerful, showing up the gods of the false gods uh, that the Israelites would often go a whoring after. Uh, he would show up uh, these false gods and these Egyptian gods like when he split the Red Sea. And in front of something that technically was not supposed to be able to part. And this is why you and I cannot look at our situations and determine that it's over based upon the logic with which we are employing in that season. Because God makes a highway out of a waterway. And so he's establishing not only does he have power, are y'all so with me? Not only does he have power over fire. But he also has power over waters. He is supreme over waters. And waters are unable to limit him uh, or his movement or his power. I want you to get this. Follow with me. Uh, not only this, he says in the, in the second verse of that chapter, he tells the Israelites, he says, When you pass through the waters, somebody say the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. I love this because he is making it clear and then he goes on and talks about walking through the fire, you know. And we've already talked about the hot mess, but uh, establishing his power over even the wet messes of our lives. Because sometimes water will come and if you look just on the news and see all of these things in different places, there are terrible things that happen through water. And God makes it clear that he has power over water and so to establish it, Yahweh cannot be confined by the elements in general and this is just adding to our understanding of this he cannot be confined by the elements and often uses them to display his supernatural power as he did in times of old with the Israelites uh, not only this but no matter what form it's presented in or what is his proximity is to it he is greater than it and I'm just sending this thing up I want you to just stay with me and grab these truths as we go because I believe it's going to help us understand as we move forward I'll never forget when I learned that God was God over slippery situations 
I learned that God, that God was, you know, for myself, I learned that he was, you know, literally, literally uh, uh, a God and sovereign over slippery situations. It was a number of years ago when I just entered ministry. I had just started pastoring. I was probably about 21 years old or so. And I was in, uh, I got in a car. I got in a car with a minister friend of mine. And we were leaving as we often would do. I would all, because I lived in Michigan at the time. And I was pastoring in Michigan at the time. And I was getting ready to leave and to come home because I had a preaching engagement. He's like, Doc, I'm going to come with you. And so he got in the car. And then one of our friends, one of our lady friends, uh, who's a family friend, actually came and was riding with us there. And so we're driving. We're driving uh, on the way. We were going through the Detroit route. Gonna, we, you know, we didn't learn about the Sarnia border yet. You know, for those who travel, I'm telling you, that Sarnia border, fam, it's a whole lot better than going to the Windsor border. Uh, but that's another note. But anyway, we were going to the Windsor border, and we're on the way there. And I'll never forget, as we were traveling, it started to rain. Somebody say rain. rain. Tried it to rain, and as it started to rain and started to, to come down, I was like, man, we were starting to get nervous, but it was okay. We were driving, and we were continuing. And as we were going, never forget, we got to this place where as we were coming around a bend, we're coming around a bend, and when we came around the bend under a bridge, I noticed that some waste youth, I'll call him that, decided to park his tow truck in the middle of the highway. So the, the tow truck is parked in the middle of the highway. We are driving about 70 miles an hour, which is the speed limit at that time on that interstate, and we are driving and we are headed there. And now look, when I looked at that moment, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, crap, what do I do? And I want to press the brakes. I want to go to the left. When I looked to the left, there was a car right next to me. Come on, somebody. When I looked to the right, there was a car right next to me in the lane beside me. So there was a car on both sides and this tow truck directly in front of me while I'm driving about 65, 70 miles an hour. And so in that moment, in that moment, all I could do with this slippery road was slam on the brakes as hard as I could, hoping that we were going to be okay. What was insane is in that moment, as I am slamming on the brakes, the car begins to slide. The car is sliding and slipping. Next thing I know, we and mind you, let me just set it up. We are driving in a geo prism. How many of you know how pinch <laughs> and how thin that car is? And so we're driving in one of those. And I'm driving about 70 miles an hour. And we slam into the back of a parked tow truck in the middle of the highway. And then we got out. Listen, when that happened... I could not believe it. All that happened, watch this, just so you understand the magnanimity of the situation. My friend's hat flew off his head, landed on the dashboard. Not only did it land on the dashboard, the lady who was in the back, she was driving casually. She was not wearing her seatbelt. She most definitely should have flown through the windshield and gone on. And I will never forget because I thought about it before the impact. I looked around and I turned around. This is one of the few times that I've seen an angel or an angelic presence. I remember looking over my shoulder and seeing an angel 
holding her down on the seat in the back. And so we slam into the back of a tow truck, 70 miles an hour, and we get out so much so that the man who is the owner of the tow truck who tries to cuss me out in some, I don't even need to just go it off, but they end up standing in awe. They're like, how on earth did you make it out? And in that moment, I was able to tell them, it's because I serve a God. Come on, somebody who is king over the rain. I wonder if it's a witness in here. See, when, I, when you see me shouting and giving God the glory, this ain't some patty cake stuff that I'm making up. But if you live long enough, come on, I know he doesn't do it every time, but I wonder if it's any witnesses in here that knows that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think and I went and I ended up preaching and many people got saved and all of that we ended up getting another vehicle and and because we saw that the enemy obviously was trying to stop us from getting to this assignment but we got out of that moment and I give the Lord praise not only this but for his protection in our midst and so I learned from myself that God is God and is sovereign over the uh, wet situations, literally the literal wet stuff in our lives, even when it's slippery. But how many of you know that there, that God also, we see through scripture, is, is, the, is the Lord and is sovereign, sovereign over, no perfect people allowed, sovereign even over the wet situations in our lives. How many of you know that sometimes the nastiest situations to deal with are the wet ones? Some of those, those situations that are slippery, come on somebody, that you'll slip and you can break your neck and, and they cause you, you, can, you can't find your ground. Anybody ever been there? Situations that show up and they cause you to slip and you can't find your footing and sometimes you sit, there, 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 there are these things that will pop up in our lives. I mean, you know, slushy things are disgusting, fam, sometimes. I'm not talking about the slushy from 7-Eleven, but I mean, you know. That stuff that's just mucky and messy and you just put on your shoes and then suddenly I know you just go outside and it, it's just all slushy. You know, the worst is it's like at, at my dinner table, a lot of times, you know, like the, 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 if the kids are eating bread and if my daughter doesn't like, you know, the, 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 the ends of the bread, the crust and rips it off or whatever. And it's on the table and she has a bottle of water there and then the bottle of water slips and pours out all over the table. And then now it's not just bread, but it's wet bread. And it just, sometimes just water just makes stuff just nasty. Come on, somebody. It's just disgusted and you're trying to think and it's on the floor and then everybody starts going. It's it's water and things can be slippery. You know, sometimes water can make us feel if you, there are times in our lives where we don't know how to swim. And there are situations that seem that we are engulfed by them to the point where it feels like we're sinking and we're drowning. Do I have any witnesses? Some of you feel like you are drowning in debt. Come on, somebody. Some of you feel like you are drowning in porn addiction, in pornography. Some of you feel like you are drowning in the the things, in sickness, and all of these various things that are happening in your life. Uh, They often will make us feel like we are are sinking. But I love that God is not just, that he's not just sovereign over the literal water. But I'm excited that he's sovereign over the little water, but all of the wet situations that we face in our lives come on somebody I wonder if it's anyone in here that you can witness and declare that you may have been sinking deep in sin far from a peaceful shore like the, like the song says very deeply stained and within sinking to rise no more but then the master of the sea come on heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me 
now safe am I. Come on. Love lifted me. Hey, glory. Love lifted me. Any witnesses? When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Oh my. I just, I loved it. I love it. I love it because he's not just God over the literal water, but he's also God over the wet situations uh, that I face in my life. Come on, somebody. I, I want, I dare you to declare, say God is God over my wet situations. Come on, in the chat, God's God over the wet situations in my life. And so I want to jump into this and share these things with you uh, because Jesus uh, displays his equality. Because when now Jesus shows up on the scene uh, and based on the passage uh, of the pericope that we read today, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he shows up. God, Yahweh shows up in the person of Jesus Christ and he displays, watch this, this is why they wanted to kill him uh, in no uncertain terms. He displayed his equality and his sameness with Yahweh, uh, with the Most High God. This is why the Jews oftentimes wanted to kill him of that time because they did not accept that he was indeed God in flesh. Uh, but he displayed his sameness uh, throughout his ministry and he too is sovereign consequently over water literally and our slippery situations. And so are you with me? I want to show you this because uh, my purpose, my purpose is to establish this case because ultimately uh, our heart is, is to be able to point people to Jesus. Uh, Yahweh rescues to point people to Yeshua. Hamashiach is his name in, in the Hebrew. Uh, Jesus, the Messiah. And the idea is for everything to point to him. And so as I display and show you that indeed Christ is God just as uh, Yahweh is God that they are the same in their in, in this nature uh, I want to also by, uh, the, as a byproduct as we do this show you how it is that God is also that Jesus is also uh, sovereign over the situations in our lives if you're ready with me say I'm ready here we go. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. I want to look at these and then uh, we are just going to pull things out of the passage as we go. Anybody love the Bible with me? Come on, anybody online at our online campus, do you love the Bible? I want you to grab this. Here we see the first, and this is an example of Jesus' sovereignty over water and the things that we can learn uh, about his sovereignty as we go. Watch this. Number one. Uh, in Mark, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, and I want to tell you, of course, make sure you download the version app. If you don't have a physical Bible, follow along with me. Don't take my word for it. I could be up here lying to you. And so make sure that you're not taking my word for it, but that you are studying for yourself uh, even outside of Sunday. Here it is, verse 35. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Somebody say, let's go to the other side. And I love this because Jesus, this is speaking about he and his disciples. He declares to them, he says, let's go to the other side. Even before they get in the boat, his, there is confirmation uh, in his declaration. He starts by telling them, let's go. And so that tells me that no matter what happens in the, on the way to the other side, Jesus said, we're going to the other side, so that's where we're headed. 
And so I want to let somebody know it's powerful. First of all, I want you in the midst of wet situations, you need to remember what Jesus said. Because there is confidence in his declaration. If he said that you can have peace in the middle of the storm, then you ought to hold on to that. And as opposed to being distracted by what the media and the various things that are happening around you are saying. Are you with me? And so verse 36, he says, and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. So not only they're not just on the water by themselves, but they're on the water with other boats. Somebody say other boats. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking in into the boat so that the boat was already filling. And this is nuts because remember, it's not necessarily the storm around us that causes a boat to sink, but it's when the storm gets into the boat. That causes you to sing. Come on, somebody. It's the, the, the book. The Bible makes it clear that the water started getting into the boat. And so the fact is that a lot of us are in the midst of wet situations and things that are slippery, things that are that are nuts around us. And what happens is we start to sing when what's on the outside starts to get on the inside. And it ought to be our assignment to hold on to what it is that Christ said in the midst of the situations. Notice this though. The fact is, and I'm just going through this to establish this and to grab things out of it. The fact is that some of the best miracles happen in the midst of the messiest situations. This is a situation where Jesus told them they're going to the other side. But right in the middle of it, the storms start to show. The waters start to act the fool. Come on, somebody. And in this moment, uh, the water gets in the boat. And the Bible says and declares in verse uh, 38, but he, speaking of Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a cushion. The Bible says, and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So they're in the middle of the storm. Pastor Andrew, you're telling me that God is greater than the storm and he's sitting here sleeping. I thought the Bible said that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Well, first of all, you need to read that scripture in context because Jesus was not yet walking on the earth in the form of a human when that scripture was declared. And so when he was on the earth, he became like us. Come on, somebody. And he was eating. He was able to do things that God, when God is in spirit form, is incapable of doing. Can I just do some apologetics real quick because a lot of people say oh well look he's bible says he neither slumbered well you read it in context and so jesus now he is in this position where he is fully god but he's also fully man and so there are human things that he does to display and to secure and to establish his humanity and not just his divinity and so here now he is asleep somebody say he's asleep he's asleep he is there on the cushion and they wake him up and they say, don't you care that we're perishing? I want to let you know that God's inactivity in your storm doesn't mean that he's unmoved by it. 
Oh my, I'm excited about it. God's inactivity in your storm doesn't mean that he is unmoved by it. Come on, what do you mean by this? In the middle of your situation, you may not see a bunch of stuff happening. Come on, somebody. It may seem like God is asleep. Come on, and you know the powerful thing about this, I want you to grab its relevance in our midst because it may look like, God, where are you in the midst of COVID-19? Come on, where are you in the midst of this wet and this slippery situation one day it seems like we're firm and then they put us in lockdown again come on I wonder if anybody sees the slipperiness of this situation God it seems as if you are asleep on a cushion but I wonder if there's anybody that knows that it may seem like he don't care but the Bible makes it clear that when we're in the midst of those situations that we can cast our cares upon him why because he cares for us his inactivity does not mean that he is unmoved by our situation and many times watch this because we've been spending so much time magnifying our situation above the master this is why we are not seeing what it is that God would desire to do in and through in the midst of the messy and the wet situations that are in our lives but God wants us to call out to him even in the midst of our difficulty He's not unmoved. And then he awoke. And there, here is the first evidence he shows that, listen, the same way that Yahweh uh, is, is, is king over the water, here it is. I'm king over the water too. He says what? Peace. Be still. He tells the wind, peace, be still. And the winds ceased. And there was a great calm. I love this. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith watch this he was not upset by their waking him up he was disturbed by their fear look look because see some of us we think and when i've heard this before it's been taught as if jesus was vexed because the people then woke him up and they're saying so no he was not mad that they disturbed his sleep they were he checked them because of their lack of faith in the midst of difficulty come on somebody and this is why i've been challenging you and why i'm challenging myself if i can preach to myself if i'm preaching to you that in the midst of this situation we are not to get to the place where we are walking in fear hysteria is not the portion of the believer i hear philippians 4 verse 6 say that to be to be anxious for nothing come on somebody but everything in prayer and supplication make your request be made known unto god watch this and the peace verse 7 that passes all understanding watch this it might it may know it will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus Isaiah 26 verse 3 Bible says thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me why because he trusts in me come on somebody it's time for you to starve your fear and start feeding your faith get to the place where you tell your fear who your God is come on somebody in the middle of COVID-19 online and in the house our response ought to be faith somebody that knows that God is sovereign over your wet situation put those hands together open those mouths and release a shout verse 41 and they were filled with great fear 
and said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What they didn't recognize, this is powerful because God is still establishing himself in Jesus Christ during this time. One of my mentors, the father of Pastor Jonathan Belima, who uh, came and preached here, one of my brothers in the gospel, uh, you know, his dad, Dr. Jaspin Belima, I'll never forget, uh, I remember speaking with him and he was like, young man, he's from Malawi, and he was telling me, I'm not going to do the accent, but he said to me, he's like, there is no way that God was going to allow that, that boat to break in the middle of the storm because the future of the church was in that boat. And if they would have just trusted him, come on somebody, if they opened their eyes to be bigger than the current storm, come on somebody, they would have been able to look beyond and cling back to the, let's go to the other side. But not only this, in Mark, in Mark chapter 5, the chapter right after, Mark chapter 5 verse 1 and onward, there is a guy whose name was Legion on the other side of that storm. And there, he was full with a thousand devils. And the Bible makes it clear that they end up going to the other side and they cast the devil, a thousand demons, out of this dude named Legion. Come on, somebody. And they labeled him based on the devils that, they, that he had in him. That guy was on the other side. And so the fact is the mission, the mission, the mission. Come on. The mission, the mission is greater than the storm. Come on. The mission, the mission. I feel this. The mission is greater than the storm. There are people waiting on the other side of this test. Come on. There are people that are waiting on this other side of this slippery situation. You might have to slip sometimes. You might even fall. You might even buck up your knee. You might even scrape yourself. Come on, somebody. You might even mess around and get wet in the water. But I wonder if there's anybody that knows that this test is greater than you there are people on the other side in our city that need deliverance that need breakthrough come on in your household that need you to survive in this ship it don't matter what happens ship happens come on somebody but God has a plan beyond the ship that you're in if you believe it you ought to give him the praise well, I'm just excited about this because look, so here he's in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shows that he is sovereign over the water while he is in the water. And he teaches them this, but I want you to note this because then he does something different. Uh, can we go to the book of Matthew chapter 14? Uh, what book did I say? Matthew 14 and we're going to verse 22. Again, we're establishing God's supremacy over uh, the water. Oh, and, and, and also the way that he has sovereignty even over our wet and our slippery situations. Verse 22, I'm going to move quickly. The Bible says immediately. Somebody say immediately. He made his disciples uh, go into, get into the boat. So here again, we find that they are getting into the boat. And watch this. This is now a supernatural setup. There's a supernatural setup. I want to tell you the powerful thing about this season uh, is that, watch this, God is setting them up in this moment to later on again see a display of his sovereignty over water. 
And God, many for many of us, uh, what you are realizing, what you need to realize is that oftentimes we are not hearing, watch this, clear declarative words about what is getting ready to happen. But God in this season, and the Lord has spoken this to me numerous times, and I want to just declare it uh, to the church. I also want to declare it uh, to our church and here in the house uh, to let you know that the power especially is seen in God's, watch this, not always his prophetic declaration, but his prophetic positioning. His providential positioning. In that, watch this, it's been nuts for Serve City uh, as God has been positioning us strategically as we've been going to be able to see his miraculous power. When he told us to get rid of our location, our secondary location before coming to this building. And when we did that uh, in obedience to him, we didn't realize that we were positioning ourselves and opening our hands to receive this building. Which, watch this, is in the Durham region, which has been able to remain open and continue to be a center of hope, not just in person. Come on, somebody. And people who are desirous of following Christ and getting baptized and getting helped and served in person. But also it's positioned us to be a blessing to the community, the ecumenical community, uh, which we're preparing to be able to help other churches that don't have physical locations come on somebody to be able to serve at, and in this season all of these things we did not see by just the one step of obedience and oftentimes it's when God it's God's providence it's his prophetic positioning not always him saying COVID is getting ready to happen but him saying do this because when you do this you're going to be in position to prosper even in the midst of the pandemic Oh my, are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So he positions, he, there's providence, and watch this. He says, go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds. So the crowds are dismissed. Doesn't talk about no other boats being on the water at that time. Jesus is there now. He's getting ready to do something supernatural to display this thing to his disciples. Verse 23, and after this, he had dismissed the crowds. He went upon the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Somebody say, alone. But the boat by this time was long way from the land, beaten by the waves. Here it is again. For the wind was against them. Whenever God is getting ready to do supernatural things in your life, it is often preceded by hindrance. The winds and the waves were against them. Come on, can I just milk the passage for you today? I want you to get this thing. I want you to understand because there are many of you that are seeing hindrances and things that are happening in your life and you think that this equals the absence of God. Notice Jesus is not in the boat with them this time. So the last time he was asleep in the boat and they could go wake him up, but now he's not in the boat with them. And so he is absent in this moment. And so even in this situation, it may seem and the winds are against them. Verse 24, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Oh my, Jesus, the original sea walker. He's the, they are accustomed to seeing him. Come on, somebody. I know it was a dad joke, but just take it. Uh, the fact is uh, that they are accustomed to seeing him on the land. Come on, somebody. They were accustomed to seeing him in the boat and in the water, uh, but they weren't accustomed uh, to see him. Okay, now they weren't accustomed to seeing him coming out to them on. 
on the water and so here this great display Jesus displays that not only is he sovereign when he's in the water but he's sovereign come on somebody to be able to get to the place where he can walk out on the water and even if you don't see him present in your situation he sent you to the other side and you may see by yourself how many of you know he said I will never leave you or forsake you and lo I am with you always can I preach hope to somebody even until the ends of the world he comes walking to them the ground the water's not supposed to be ground but the same Yahweh come on somebody that turned the Red Sea into ground and dry land he said there's me in person you didn't know but here I am and I'm walking in I'm walking on water and I love it because look at this. He's revealing them. Watch this. He is revealing himself to them in an uncommon revelation. They are accustomed to seeing him do miracles on the land. But he shows up to them in an unconventional manner. Come on, somebody. They have to be open in that moment to see him. Uh, and they look and they say, they say they were terrified uh, and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus is trying in a new way. This is why I've been teaching and preaching this and prophetically declaring this over our house. As Jesus said, behold, I am doing a new thing. Uh, somebody shout a new thing. No, I want you to shout it louder than that if you believe it. Say a new thing. A new thing and yet it strings, it springs forth. He says this and he declares it to the Israelites. I believe this is something for us today. Things may look different. Jesus might come to us in a different form than we have ever experienced before. Come on somebody. But we are not to be terrified by the winds and the waves that are against us. Because he is still sovereign over the water. He is sovereign over every situation that we are facing. And if there is no boat, he will walk to us. I love it. Oh my, babe, I, I'm just thinking about Luke 15 and the prodigal son. Come on, somebody. I love it. I love it because uh, the fact of the matter is that the, that the prodigal son, uh, that he went away. Can I just call somebody to repentance and call somebody back home? The prodigal son, he ran away and he went out and squandered all of his money and did all sorts of crazy stuff and insulted the father. And when he came to his senses and he was getting ready to come home, the father did not, did not wait for the prodigal son to get to the house come on the father leaves and sees him while he's afar off and runs out to be able to come and meet him come on somebody and I'm here to tell you that we serve a God that when he sees you out stranded in the waters and it may seem like the winds are against you that he's not a God waiting till you get to the other side but I wonder if there's somebody that can praise him in his place today because he's a God that will run out to you even in the midst of the water give him the praise but look i love it watch this bible says in uh bible says in verse 28 are you still with me come on verse 28 i hope this is charging you up and charging your faith and peter asked him so this is where it goes to the next level lord if it's you command me to come to you on the water so Peter's like, okay, it sounds like you said that you're Jesus, and that sounds great and all that. Uh, but, you know, Peter decides, I'm going to test this spirit. 
So he says, if it's you, I want you to call me out on the water. And see, this is it, right? This is right because 1 John 4, 1 and onwards lets us know that we're supposed to test every spirit to see that if indeed it is of God. And so uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 tells us to uh, test all things and to hold fast to that which is true. Because yes, many of us, we receive through things uh, as Jesus too quickly. Uh, and so Peter is testing. And I love this. He goes, uh, he goes in this moment and it's so powerful because then jesus says come and so watch this not only does jesus show his sovereignty when he's in the water and not only does jesus show his sovereignty when he's on the water but then watch this jesus shows that he is also capable of giving watch this he's capable of giving us the power too to be able to walk with power over the water as well Oh, I hear John 14, 12 talking about and saying greater works. He says, I've done great works and, and he's getting ready to go to his father. But greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. How many of you know that Jesus is capable of giving you and I the faith and the strength to be able to demonstrate his power over water as well? And over the slippery situations here, he says to Peter, come. So Peter got out the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Watch this. And, and I love this because, again, Peter is walking on the word. Jesus says, come. And he does so. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. God, hear me, hear me, hear me. God has been doing and releasing the supernatural to many of us in areas of our lives. But we, instead of focusing on the supernatural thing that's happening, we've been distracted. And instead of experiencing the fullness of the supernatural, we start to give in and we start to sink because we're focused on the stuff that's happening around us. And so in this moment, he is there and he begins to walk and he starts to trip. But then when he starts to trip, you know, uh, and he sinks, the Bible makes it clear because there's always going to be things to distract us. Verse 31, Jesus immediately, somebody say immediately. He immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him saying, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But I love this, that Jesus reaches out. His, he doesn't just rebuke him. He also reaches out his hand. Oh my, are y'all still with me today? Online, do you get this? Look, he's not just tripping. He doesn't just rebuke him, but he reaches out his hand. I am so grateful that we serve a God that rebukes us and chastises us. According to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, whom the Lord loves, he chastises us. He will challenge us. He will correct us. He will get us. He wants to get us together, but he's not just going to tell us to do it. He's going to reach out his hand and not let us sing, but help us out. Come on. I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that God does messy miracles, even when we we mess up and we start to sing he doesn't leave us but he reaches out and helps to pick us up and so right in the midst of this he does this and when he got in the boat the wind ceased verse 33 and those in the boat worshiped him somebody say they worshiped him Truly, you are the son of God. And here, of course, in this context, it equates him with being equal to God. And this is why they worship him and Jesus does not rebuke them. So all those people that say, oh, they didn't worship Jesus. Here is one of these examples where Jesus is worshipped. They acknowledge because of his sovereignty over water, but not only his sovereignty over water, but his ability to give someone the ability to walk on water. 
They said, oh my, this is the son of God. This is God in flesh as they would know he was. And they begin to worship him in this moment. It's telling you the supernatural is meant to lead us, watch this, to the worship of God, not of man. And Jesus does not rebuke their worship. Come on. I love this stuff. I, 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 I hope you're grabbing this. And then the last one. Somebody say the last one. So not only does Jesus have the ability to, is he sovereign over water when he's in water? And not only is he sovereign over water when he is on water, not only can he give people the ability to be able, watch this, to walk on water and to have, and have power over the slippery situations in our lives, but we find a, a sad situation. Jesus, he dies after doing all this stuff. After revealing himself in this powerful way, he dies. And the disciples, even though he told them that he was getting ready to rise from death again, they didn't fully get it. As I've taught before, they did not understand what he was saying. And then the Bible makes it clear in John 21 that they find themselves in a position where they're like, man, you know what? We just finna go back to what we were doing before. And Peter used to be a fisherman. He's like, we, we're just about to go out fishing again. And they find themselves out on the water. They were waiting by the tomb to see Jesus. Ends up being women that go first and peep him out. And then go out and then display and tell everyone that Jesus is risen from death. But Jesus then in that moment, uh, they, he, is, he, he died and they are in a hopeless position. They're like, what's going to happen? And then what happens here, the Bible says in verse 1, at, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, the Bible says, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Verse 3, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. This is the same Peter that had experienced Jesus walking on water. This is the same Peter that experienced his uplifting hand when he was sinking. Same Peter that noted and saw all of the miraculous things that, have hap that had happened. He missed. And in that moment, he goes back out. And he's on the water. He's like, is God still in control? Come on, can we just paint the picture? Is this God who revealed himself as being sovereign over the water and the situations that we face? The disciples, they're like, what happened? All hope seems to be gone. Come on, somebody. All hope seems to be gone. Where is Jesus when we're in this situation? And we got to go back to the livelihood that we previously were in. But the Bible says they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Somebody say they caught nothing. No, say they caught nothing. So they're in the midst of a calamity. They're in the midst of hope lost. Because their savior disappeared. And he's in a crazy, they're in a crazy position. Bible says just as day was breaking. Jesus stood on the shore. Woo! Doesn't matter if he's in the water. If he's on the water. If he's making somebody else walk on it. Or if he's on the land. No matter what his proximity is to the water. 
He's still sovereign over the water. They didn't catch anything all night. And Jesus, I love it, stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. And he said to them, watch this, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Was it that they didn't try the other side of the boat? No, 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 baby. They were fishing all night. They would have been insane to just keep the net on one side of the boat the whole night. But when the one who shows up that is sovereign over the waters and everything that's in the water shows up. Come on, somebody. He don't even have to get into it. He can just be standing on the land and command. And when it is that we do what he tells us to do, you better believe that in the midst of the seas, come on, somebody, where it is barren and dry and it seems like nothing is happening and nothing is coming up. But when we cast our net on the side, he said to cast it on in command to his word said they had more than enough come on somebody oh my there's someone and then at that moment peter knows and he he it's reestablished and reaffirmed that this same jesus come on somebody that was with them before they came before he died was the same jesus that was there and that same god still had the power to be able to deliver them from the watery situations when that water is not yielding any fruit and the stuff you need to eat come on and provision is not happening come on when it is that jesus commands his sovereignty over the water he can call you to prosper and cause you to prosper in the middle of a pandemic and so i don't know what's going to happen but i dare you to keep trusting god and walking after him come on somebody i dare you to keep following after him in the midst of this pandemic in 2021 and if you live in 2022 and 2020 keep on trusting him and watch him display his power in the midst of the pandemic when you do it in your effort and according to your word and according to your fear you can fish all night and still not see anything. But I'm here to tell somebody today that whether Jesus is in it, on it, or near it, he's greater than it. And somebody that forgot and is wondering whether or not he's still able to do it, I'm here to tell you that he is able to do it. Come on, somebody. He is still able to do it. Somebody say, he's still able. Come on, somebody there's somebody who lost your fire i'm coming for you today come on i want you to get back to the place where you come back to the heart of worship come on somebody where you realize that he is able to do it again band i need you to be up here and to help me in this moment come on minister this thing with me I, there is a season and a time that is upon us when god is calling for us to put our trust and our faith in him to know that he is able to be sovereign over the slippery situation in our lives but not only that that but that God is able to do it again for those who have forgotten come on somebody I see you move you move the mouth and I believe come on somebody I'll see you do it you made a way come on in the water where there was 
and I believe yes y'all how see anybody believe it I want to declare it I see you move you move them come on church declare it and I'm somebody with some faith in here I'll see you you made you made a way where there was no way and I believe come on I'll see you do it come on I see you move I've seen come on declare it you move them and I believe come on sing it over your situation I'll see you do it you made a where there was no way come on and I believe I'll see you do it come on I'll see you I'll see you move the mountain come on if you believe it and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way where there was no way and I believe come on come on y'all see one more time online i see you you move the mountain and i believe i'll see you do it come on if you believe it sing it to him you made a way where there was no way and i believe and i believe come on right there and i believe and i believe you believe it and i believe come on online and i and I believe, <laughs> and I believe, and I believe, and I believe, I'll see you, I'll see you do it, I'll see you I'll see you do it again, come on, I'll see you, oh, and I'll see you, I'll see you do it, I'll see you. And why? Watch this. And you move mountains. Woo. You cause walls to. Can we worship church with your power? Perform miracles. Perform miracles. There is nothing. And there is nothing. That's impossible. That's impossible. And I'm standing here. And I'm standing only because only because you make come on you move say and you move you cause walls to fall with your power perform miracles yes lord and there is and there is nothing that's impossible that's impossible and i'm standing here and i'm standing only because only because to me and I'm standing here and I'm standing only because and it's the second week I want to do this even as we get ready I'm gonna pray over you and I know we haven't opened the doors of the church to encourage somebody to come to Christ yet but I just feel in this moment somebody needs to know that God is sovereign over the waters in their life and somebody in here you're like I need I need to know this pastor I want you to pray over me and also there's someone who's saying I forgot and I need a refreshing I need a reminder I'm believing that God is doing miracles I've asked
asked him to release miracles even in the house and in our lives for his glory and so if that person is you and you're like you know what I want you to pray over me online I want you to throw a hand up emoji online but if you're in here I'm we're getting ready to sing this again and I want you to leave your seat and distance yourself uh, and just come to the altar if you're like I want to I want you to pray I need a refreshing or I need a reminder come on and so we're gonna sing this you move you move mountains come on declare it and you cause if that person is you leave your seats come on with your perform miracles perform and stretch those hands to him come on and there is nothing that's impossible that's it they're coming come on are your hands up online come on and we're standing only because only because you move mountains and you move you cause wall you cause with your and you pour there is nothing say that's impossible come on and we're standing is are you here is somebody else here that you're coming you're saying this is my thing break the music I want to hear them come on say and you move mountain come on declare it I hear you church say with your you perform miracles do it Jesus for your glory God come on there is come on come on come on come on come on that's him come on and we're standing here and we're standing only because is there anybody else say you made a way come on bring it out say and you made a way come on say you made a way you made a way declare it come on you declare it may don't know how say don't know how but you did it come on you may uh, somebody jam with me this morning come on and don't know how but you you may don't know how say don't know how but you did it you made a way come on connect with Jesus come on say and don't know how but you did it you may don't know why but I'm grateful come on don't know why but I'm grateful come on don't know why but I'm grateful don't know why but I'm grateful hey don't know why but I'm great yes God don't know why but I'm grateful hey 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 come on God, I thank you. I thank you for the faith that is present in the room. Glory. Thank you that you are able, that even now where faith is present, you are moving mightily. And those who have come to the front, Lord Jesus, today and extending faith in the house, and those who have come, Lord, online, Lord God, we pray that the miraculous 
would be manifest and demonstrated in their lives be it to them according to their faith take them beyond anything they've ever experienced oh lord let your might and your power and your supernatural strength be demonstrated in a way that is unequivocal so that you will get the glory and you will get the honor and the praise and even those who are in the house god who needs strength and help and those who are alive reveal it unto them and strengthen them and i thank you and i give you the praise in jesus mighty name if you believe it's done put those hands together and give him the praise come on even as you guys can go back to your seats and online come on somebody I'm standing and you may be seated and I'm standing here come on say and we're standing only because only because and we're standing here say and we're standing only because yeah 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 and we're standing and we're standing only because only because and somebody in here today You've heard this message and we've been talking about Jesus and his, how he is supreme over the waters. What was the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth? He came because the Bible makes it clear that over 2,000 years ago, he came and the reason why is because thousands of years before that, our first parents, Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God and they decided to go against what it is he commanded consequently death everybody say death death passed on to all mankind and the reality of death is among us especially now in this season even in our own house in our own church our church house we have lost a dear brother in the faith this week and the fact of the matter is but it's not just that death but it's death also in hell as the bible talks about hell it's a place of eternal torment and separation from god but the good news is that although we were in this case because sin is hereditary, it's passed down consequently to all mankind. Bible says in Romans 3.23, we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And that's the good news right there. Who needs some good news in the midst of this bad news today? The bad news, are, there's good news that even though our brother Sam died, that we, because he was saved and he gave his life, because he gave his life to Christ, we believe he is with Jesus. Come on, somebody. And that we're going to see him again when, he, when Jesus returns for those who have put trust in him. So the Bible makes it clear in John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him, whoever puts trust in him, puts faith in him, would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and you confess with your mouth, or if you confess rather with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead online, then you would be saved. And so today, you can be saved from death, you can be saved from hell, you can start a relationship with Jesus by putting trust in him, by giving him your life in this moment. And so I would be remiss if we end this service without giving you an opportunity as we get ready for our baptism in a moment hallelujah i would be remiss if i didn't give you the opportunity to put trust in jesus the reason why the person that's getting ready to get baptized is getting baptized because they have given their life to christ and they're going to publicly declare it through baptism but for you who are in here and you're like 
That's my desire, Pastor Andrew. Today is my day to trust Christ for the first time. Or I've run away from him and today is my time to come back home. You may have left him, but his arms are still open wide to receive you into fellowship today. To come back home to him. So I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. Every head bow, every eye closed in this moment. Even those of you who are online at our online campus. Every head bow, every eye closed in this moment. And I'm getting ready to lead this prayer of commitment. And if you're like, Pastor, it's me. Today is my time. I want to be a part of that prayer. It's just between me, you, and God. I'm not going to call you out to come up front or any of that. But right where you are in your seat or right where you are where you're viewing, you feel the tug of the Lord in your heart. Jesus died for your sins and he rose from death. And he wants to have a relationship with you and to save you right now or to bring you to a place of restoration. If you're like, that's me, every head bow, every eye closed, include me in that prayer. On the count of three, I want you to unashamed pop that hand up right where you are. Don't wait. Here we go. One, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up if that person is you in the house today. If you're like, today is my day. I'm, today I'm giving my life to Christ for the first time or I'm coming back home to him today online that person is you let us know today that that person is you so we're going to pray this prayer in this moment praise the lord and we don't let people pray by themselves we're going to pray this in support in support of those who are making this decision today and as an affirmation of the faith that we have we're going to pray it out loud and we're going to declare and say god thank you for sending jesus jesus Thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my life. Make me new. Be with me now and forevermore. I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who have made decisions for Christ in the house and online? Come on, can we do better than that? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I pray that you were blessed by that word. And not only this, but by that move of God in this moment on today. Glory to God.